We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. It is an extreme pleasure to be your host on this audio affair. I do it with company. I do it with friend. I do it with you. But you must know who joins us once again. It is Dolomite Dave Martinez. Hello, D2. Hello and good morning. Good morning to you. We are all fired up for a great episode. We've got some fun things. We're kind of going back to the beginning, if you would. We had a chance to sit down with someone that we're going to share with you yet again before we give you all of those details. D2, I am going to ask you whether you remember this question. I know we grew up in separate communities. For me, it was that quintessential Midwestern town where blocks were laid out, pretty evenly spaced, very straight avenues and streets. And the question that I remember asking and getting asked when I was in my youth, can you come over to my house and play? Did you have that question where you, when you were young as well? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did. And, and you know, I grew up uh, in, I was born in Queens, New York. So it was a different, you know, definitely a more Very a different than urban uh, Northern and, Indiana. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, there are things about like, you know, it's different now where I think people are very concerned about, you know, kids running out in the street and just being unsupervised. And I think back then, even in a very uh, populated uh, area where I lived in, um, you could still, kids were still running out in the street and still kind of having fun and, 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 um, and still, you know, being kids, you know, without the fear that, you know, of, of the dangers that are out, uh, you know, that we're all, we are all aware of now. Well, I remember that question very vividly. Can you come over to my house and play? I remember the phone would ring. Of course, it was attached to the wall. It was attached to a cord. You would hear whoever answered the phone set it down, and then I would have my name yelled. I'd come to the phone, and maybe it was Craig, maybe it was Pete, some other neighborhood friend of mine. Can you come over to my house and play? And now, D2, I'm going to ask the same of our audience. We are down to our last 75 slots for the inaugural Big Peach Farm to Trail run that is going to take place on Saturday, November 2nd. So not much space left, coming completely clean. I've been in Atlanta for over 25 years. This is absolutely home now. In 2008, my wife and I elected to purchase a cabin in Blue Ridge, Georgia, and would make it up there as we could as our kids got older. And certainly weekend schedules became more complicated between just being in retail and of course that being seven days. Also soccer and sporting and music schedules that would take us away. We didn't have the opportunity to get up there nearly as often as what we liked. And it's just, as you know, D2, one of those recreational jams for me. I love the trail running, the hiking, the being outdoors. So a little over five years ago, we actually made the decision to move up there. I still stay in Atlanta during the week, but we picked up a, a beautiful property where the structures were really solid. The surrounding area needed some work, but we just had this vision that coupled with our commitment to fitness, being able to grow some of our own stuff and do some things that we couldn't do on what was less than a third of an acre here in Atlanta in our home would be kind of fun for us as our kids got into middle and high school. And that's what we've done. But now 
It is, can you come over to my house and play? Because farm to trail is from our place in Blue Ridge. It is a farm that we're very proud of. I wish running shoes were the same as the eggs that we sell, where I will tell you that demand far outpaces supply. We've got about 125 birds that we run out of there, as well as a host farm for the Southeastern Llama and Alpaca Association. So we're doing some fun things. My primary responsibility, of course, is here with Big Peach Running Company. My wife and my kids manage everything in Blue Ridge, except for on November 2nd, we're going to be with Tim Shore, Don and Susan Burkett, and some others who have helped put this together. You will not want to miss it. Trust me on that, D2. You and I have had some fun times in Blue Ridge. I think this will be one of them yet again. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great area. It's also a great time of year, I think, because November 2nd, I mean, we've done races up there in uh, kind of mid-November. We've done races in end of September. And end of September, despite it already being officially fall, it did not feel like fall. I mean, I remember <laughs> running several times doing, you know, 50Ks and 18Ks up there. And it was, you know, by the time you're finishing, it's 90 degrees. It's hot and that's challenging. November, the temps are going to be much cooler. I think it's it's going to be, a, it's you know, potential to have a, a great time. I think the leaves will have changed. Um, so it'll, it'll be nice. I mean, if you want to look at, uh, going to the mountains and kind of seeing the leaves, you know, change in the fall colors. I think it's it'll be a perfect opportunity. It will for sure. Again, there's a 30k and there's an 11k for those of you that can go back. I don't remember this the same way I do remember getting the call. Can you come over to my house and play? But I know as a parent, oftentimes I heard when my kids were much younger, can so and so come over to my house and play? And you needed permission from a parent or from someone else. So if you are that person that a parent or a spouse or a supervisor needs to give you permission, have them write us at podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com and D2 and I will personally send a note to your boss or to your spouse or to whomever and say, yes, we have that environment that you should be in on November 2nd. Do not miss it. Well, the other thing that we're excited about as we think about going back to the beginning with some of the information that we'll share. This suggestion came in and we do a program most oftentimes in a corporate environment around maybe a lunch and learn or some kind of healthy break. And we're going to share that information. For those of you who are like, I know it all. I've been doing this so long. There's not anything that's going to be new, novel, or helpful. This is probably not the episode for you. But for the rest of us who are always learning, and certainly for those of us who just get such pleasure from being around those who are getting more connected with their fitness routine or perhaps are initiating such for the first time, this is going to be really, really cool for us and for you. Something we believe is not only helpful, but ultimately very, very shareable. We refer to this inside those environments where we do this program, getting started, staying strong, and sticking with it. So D2 and I are going to go over a variety of things that we just believe are so important to do just that. Again, getting started, staying strong, and sticking with it. D2, are you ready? I think we just go ahead and get to it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's think about those people who are just getting started. First couple of things. Let's start with muscles. Muscles are going to be sore for sure, whether it is a run-walk routine or heading back into the gym for the first time in a long time. That muscle soreness is something 
that you can expect. We believe that gradual increases produce the greatest results. So whether that's lifting weights, doing crunches, or mileage in your neighborhood or on the treadmill, you're going to want to have a program that is very much consistent with just gradual increases. Here's a week that I would say for that complete novice, that person who is just getting started, perhaps a half to a mile. That is it that first day. I would also say that second day, which may or may not be two days in a row, you would do that half or full mile for four or five times that week and the following week. Now, if you are going to do this four or five times per week and you want to punctuate it that second week with something that's a little bit longer, think about doing two miles, but no more than that. So at the end of that first week, you may be looking at less than 10K total distance, and that is okay. If you can do that distance, both the consistency of a half or a full mile, three or four times that week, one, what we might call your long run or long walk. And even if you're like, well, two miles isn't really that long, that's okay. We're using the term as it relates to the distance you've previously covered, not the total distance. If you can do that for two weeks, you will be building those muscles up gradually that you need to engage in order to get greater results down the road. And then you would increase that mileage, perhaps going to a full mile or mile and a half that third and fourth week, and so on and so forth. So you get to the point where you're like, this is the time that I have to commit to this. And now I'm doing, let's say it's three to six miles, three or four times a week, and maybe doing that 10K to 10 miles once per week, maybe on the weekend, maybe on that day where you have a little bit more latitude in your schedule. But D2, definitely gradual increases, greatest results, they go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I think that's one of the, my biggest mistakes when I first started, you know, to try to become a runner and why I always quit was mm. because I always attempted to do more than I thought I needed to. I, I wouldn't train properly. And all of a sudden I'd sign up for a 5k without, you know, with very little or no training. And then I would be extremely sore. Um, and you know, uh, frustrated perhaps as well. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, obviously with no training, it becomes very difficult to do a 5k and you go out there and you race it like, you know, you're an elite athlete and you're just not going to perform. And then afterwards you're completely exhausted. And then you've got, you know, two, maybe even three days of that delayed soreness, you know, and the muscles and the tightness where you're like, I can barely walk. And you're like, you know, maybe other things that it's, it's maybe it's your knees that are hurting and you're like, well, I'm obviously not a runner. I'm, you know, and, and, and you know, like I did, I, I would quit. I, I'd sign up for 5k. I'm like, I'm going to be a runner today. And then, you know, two or three days later, it's like, okay, I'm not a runner. And then some time would pass and I would start sign up again. And, you know, you forget, you know, that, you know, what happened last time and you keep getting reminded of it to a certain point where you're like going, well, I'm going to quit altogether. And it's that, the consistency is is what pays off, and it's the gradual increases that will keep you uh, enjoying you know, uh, running. Well, and D2 mentioned that soreness. Some of it is really good. You have to fight through it. For those of you who have not been listening to the Run ATL podcast for that long, do yourself a favor. Go back and listen to episode number 26 with Dr. Norm Eng. He covers that in terms of when it is soreness and okay to push through it, that it's even maybe recommended that you do so so that those gradual increases do build strength in your muscles and in those parts of your body that you're going to have to continuously work to be, as D2 said, that consistent runner or walker. 
versus those instances where perhaps you have done something that suggests you need to back off or take some time off. Again, that's episode number 26. Next, D2, let's just talk about that mental side of things. It's easy to talk about muscles when it comes to any fitness routine, but let's talk about getting our head in the game. The one thing that I would mention for sure, so important when we think about getting started is you have to believe you're a runner or a walker, or maybe most importantly, I would use the word athlete. If you do not believe that, if you believe, well, that's not really me, or I see somebody else who has been doing it longer or is faster or has all these accomplishments, and by that discrepancy, I am now disqualifying myself as a runner or a walker or an athlete. You are making a mistake because once you commit yourself to the fact that you are an athlete, you are a walker, you are a runner, other parts of your life will come along for the journey. And they are important ingredients. What you're eating, how much rest you're getting, when you put this into your schedule, how it becomes part of your daily and weekly existence. And if you do not believe that you are an athlete, you will not make those other adjustments. And if you do not make those other adjustments, it will be so much harder for those gradual increases and that consistency that D2 just mentioned to come along. So if you have started today or if you have started recently and yet you are not referring to yourself, even if just in your own mind as an athlete, a walker, a runner, that changes. It must change for those other ingredients to come along and be successfully part of what you're doing for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think it's one of those things where you have to decide that if whatever you're going to accomplish or your goals are, whether it's to run or maybe it's to do, you know, first 5k or a triathlon or, or a marathon, whatever, you have to, you know, think about it as something that you want to do for yourself. Um, uh, first and foremost, because if you're doing it for yourself and not for some, for someone else, you're going to have a much better success because your your frame of mind is I'm doing it for me, not for someone else, and it's a lot easier to give up if you're going well. I'm doing it for other reasons other than than myself. Whether it's you know dieting, whether it's you know a training, um, it, that's first and foremost is 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 do it for yourself. And I think you know, once you've committed to that, there's always that mental aspect of, you know, while you're doing a race, it could be that 5k and you're starting to feel uh, pain or discomfort, or it could be a marathon, you know, the idea is, is not to quit and to continue to push forward. And it doesn't really matter, you know, whether you meet a specific time goal, you know, mentally you need to kind of push yourself to reach that finish line reach that end goal that whatever that is um whether it's you know a, a 5k whether it's a marathon because there will be times where you will want to quit where you will say i am done i want this to be over but mentally you can push yourself to go further um, your mind tends to protect your body when it starts feeling pain. It's this, you know, self-defense, you know, and survival instinct and your brain is kind of wired to do, um, it's part of our DNA. So your body starts feeling pain. It automatically wants to say, nope, let's stop. But your body can do more, you know, now you want to be careful and not do it to the point where you injure yourself, but you can stop and walk. And, and if you're starting to feel, you know, tired or start cramping up or whatever, and you can continue, maybe not at the pace or at the effort that you were doing before, but you can continue to move forward. And that 
for me is one of those kind of mantras is, you know, uh, is to always keep moving forward. And I kind of link it back to my very little, I guess, physics that I know is that a, a body <laughs> in motion stays in motion. And that applies in a race and it applies in life in general, is that if you're sedentary, if you're sitting on the couch and you're not working out, then you're not going to get much. You're not going to keep moving forward. You're not going to progress. But if you get up and you just work out for a little bit or or you're in a race and if you continue to move forward and make forward progress, you will end up, you know, reaching a goal. You will get to that finish line and it's all mental. And it will get easier for sure. You mentioned that to start with doing it for you, it'd be easy for somebody to say, well, then my goodness, what a selfish endeavor this running walking thing is. Don't worry when we come to the point where we're talking about sticking with it, we'll talk about how unbelievably generous this lifestyle is and how you can give back. But to D2's point, to get started, to have that right mental framework, you are going to want to do this first and foremost for yourself that is going to be necessary to have the first few steps turn into that inertia that physics that d2 just referenced the last thing that we will mention when we think about gradual increases and we think about greatest results when we think about getting started here's the thing people oftentimes forget when they declare that they are going to take their fitness more seriously they are going to help someone do the same that schedules do not change. Just because you've made that declaration, nothing changes without intentionality. You need to schedule this time each week and every day that it is part of what you are going to accomplish. If you do not make that extra time and say, I'm getting up earlier, or I am going to offload this part of my schedule that currently exists and replace it with this that is now part of who I'm going to be, If you do not make that commitment and you do not schedule it, whether it's on your phone, on a planner, in some other way, it will not happen. We do not get a 25th hour in our day just because we now declare ourselves a runner. We do not get an eighth day of a week just because we want to be more serious about our fitness routine. You have got to schedule it the same way you do whatever it takes to get your children to soccer practice on time, whatever it is required when you have to travel for work and be at the airport in order to make that flight, whatever it is when you've committed to how many nights per week that you're going to have dinner with your spouse or a friend or others who are important to you, it is the same thing. It is not just going to organically happen unless you are intentional about putting it on your schedule. Please do not make that mistake. That is the biggest mistake that we see at Big Peach Running Company is people say, I'm in, but then they don't do the heavy lifting of ensuring that their schedule is in as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, it's, you know, when it came to marathon training, the scheduling part was, was huge. If I try to do it on my own, it's like, oh, I'm just going to run when I feel like it. There'll be days where like things get in the way and you do have to be intentional about it. I think for me, if I don't run first thing in the morning, the day gets, you know, um, you know, takes over. And then I, I was like, Oh, I'll run in the afternoon or in the evening. It'll never happen. Rarely do I like find a time. It's like, okay, maybe I'll run at lunch. Um, but typically in the summer months, you're like, well, why would I run when it's 90 something degrees and you know, it's too hot, you know? So for me, I've got to be intentional about it. I got to say, it's going to be in the morning when, it, you know, I was training for marathon, you know, same thing. I was like, I got to schedule it in when I was doing training for Ironman. It's got to be scheduled. It's like, this is what I do on Monday. This is what I do on Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday and Friday and whatever is a rest day. That's my rest day. And that 
helped me immensely to achieve those goals. Well, and for those of you who want more on that mental clarity that needs to come along, those gradual increases, I would recommend episode number eight of the Run ATL podcast. That was John and Abby Keenan of Intrepid Sports Performance, and that is their specialty. They were very generous with what they shared with us on on that episode. So check out episode number eight. Okay, D2, let's move over to what we refer to as staying strong. It's a requirement for all of us. Getting started, oftentimes, that is the hardest part until we get to the point where now we've got some consistency and yet we need to stay strong if we're going to keep going. What we might say as proven prevention, Big Peach Running Company, this is not going to surprise anyone. The largest percentage of our income is through footwear. And it is perhaps predictable that we would start here. But similar to your mattress, there is nothing that is going to be more important to you than staying strong, than your feet being very comfortable and ultimately being very capable. Your shoes matter. That is why we do have an award-winning fit process. This is not a pitch for it, but I can tell you that different shoes are designed for different foot types, different gait cycle tendencies, and matching the knowledge that someone, someone on our team for sure, but someone has about respective models that are perhaps an option for you alongside the specific considerations that define you as an individual, a higher arch profile, a tendency to land more prominently on the heel, the possibility that you have some previous lower body injury, maybe some kind of unique deformity on one or both of your feet. These are things that matter for you to absolutely shield yourself from feet that do not want to come alongside your mental intention, you need to be in the right shoes. Our return policy is what it is because we know that you're going to know a lot more after having had the shoes for four weeks than you will after having tried on four pairs for four minutes inside our stores. You have got to get this right. Certainly, we would love to be a partner and come alongside you in that. But whether you are in the Atlanta market or ever shop at Big Peach Running Company, get your shoes right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things where I've worked with guests and it truly has been, I would say, transformational, life-changing to be an actual uh, pair of shoes that feel comfortable and that actually fit your feet. Because um, the misconception is that um, that all shoes fit the exact same way and that it's just a matter of price that you're paying for. And it's like, well, why would I spend, you know, $120, $150 on a pair of shoes when I can go and, you know, buy a pair for, you know, 50 bucks off, you know, some clearance rack. If it's not the right shoe for you, you're going to have a horrible experience while running. Now you may luck out and get a great shoe at 50 bucks, um, but if it's a previous version, it's as a long previ- as it's a technically capable right. But I mean, you're, 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 you know, it's it's like playing the lottery, right? Sure. You you can you might win, you might get exactly <laughs> what you want, but the odds are that you won't. So you know, by getting fitted and by you know, using our return policy as well, in case it doesn't work, you know, once you actually take it on the roads, you're going to ensure that you're going to have much better success than just trying to gamble off of something you found online. So, well, I think this will work, or I like the color, so I'm going to buy this. And then you have a horrible uh, experience. So whatever goals that may have been, could have been weight loss, could have been, you know, running your first 5K, you know, whatever it is, 
it disappears because you don't have the foundation that starts right at your feet. Well, and that's why we say staying strong. The expression I like to use is we want you to look more forward to putting it on than taking it off. To D2's point, what Cinderella said so famously, the right pair of shoes can absolutely change your life. She proved that with her shoes. We believe there are plenty of people, to D2's point, who have been transformed by having the right pair of shoes when it comes to their fitness routine. Ladies, the same thing is going to apply And I'm not going to give you all kinds of advice, but I think you'll understand the rationale behind this statement that what we think about for shoes needing to work for you as an individual is the same for your sports bra. If that is not one of those things that is sized properly, that takes your individual body type into account and has the materials and the intent the build and the construction, the engineering and the technology to match with how you intend to use it, then shame on you and shame on wherever it is that you're buying your sports bras. Of course, we have women in each of our stores who are qualified to fit both novices and those long-time fitness enthusiasts for the proper sports bra. But just like shoes for you ladies, you're going to want to make sure that is an integral part of your equipment that you lean into and rely on on yeah i mean and you know we'll share this in our show notes but we do have information on our website on you know how to get fitted for a bra um and that way you become uh educated before you even come into the store um or if you're shopping on your own and you're looking uh for sports bras and also the importance of why they need to be replaced on a regular basis well and and one of the things that sports bras brings up is other parts apparel, socks, things that are going to be on your body. First of all, the fabrics do matter. We talk about cotton is rotten or cotton kills as it relates to socks. You should be using a natural fiber like wool, or you should be using a synthetic fiber like polyester and lycra and other materials, just like ingredients found on the package inside a grocery store of something you're going to put in your basket. The same thing is true for sock manufacturers where they are putting all of their ingredients right there on the package for you to read. Whether it says a few points or a hundred points of cotton, that is not the sock for you given your natural perspiration rate. And then you go ahead and throw in the fact that you will be exercising. You will perhaps be out in warm temperatures or in moist conditions. You do not want cotton. The product that always comes up at this point body glide you can also use any other natural lubricant sometimes it's vaseline or something that you might already have in your medicine cabinet but in those areas where skin is rubbing on skin or where friction is being created between the body and a garment do not forget about body glide or some kind of anti-friction possibility because if your arm is rubbing against your rib cage, if you have a garment that is repeatedly rubbing against your skin and you do not put body glide there, there will be redness or worse. And that is one of the things that helps keep you strong. And that is keeping unintended, unexpected discomfort at bay. D2, you mentioned something in terms of maybe weight management. We oftentimes say when we're doing this in front of a large audience, okay, how many people here are going to use running or walking as part of a weight management or a weight loss program? And perhaps not surprisingly, only a few hands go up, which at that point I just declare there are a lot of people who are just simply lying to us because there are not that many people who are running and walking that even if they're not trying to lose an LB or two or more, 
they do realize that it's part of their weight management program. Yeah, I mean, I would agree that um, that's that most people get into running or walking as kind of like their as the first step into a weight loss or weight management type program. I think it's recommended by at least physicians that at the very least you start walking more um, and and progressively get into running. Um, even for me, you know, and I, I've been running now for consistently for about 10 years, I still run as part of a weight management program because I know if I don't, I'm going to put on the pounds. I'm going to start feeling unhealthy. I'm going to start feeling sluggish and it will affect my attitude, my performance and, and how I react in my personality. So for me, it's even at, at, you know, running consistently now for 10 years, it's still something I think about consciously about, gee, you know, I didn't run today. And, you know, should I, should I, should I eat that extra, you know, serving or should I just back off? Maybe I should just go with a salad. It's still, it's, it's still part of, of how I think. So, so there you have it. D2 is willing to admit it. So let's just get it out there. Weight management or weight loss is a big part of why running and walking is so popular. There are very few activities that do it as capably as what these do to help you manage your weight, to help you lose some pounds that you've been trying to shed. So we're going to go ahead and dive into this right now. For those of you who are like, man, somehow I'm in that really small percentage. I bet you know people who could use this information. So as a place to start a calorie, if we think about 3,500 of them, that's going to equate to a pound. And here's the bad news. We're going to follow it up with good news. So don't distress over this, but you have to run 35 miles to burn one pound. If you look at time, whether you're walking, being more than if you were running, or you look at effort that's required to run, I refer to the expression as 35 the hard way. If you're like, I would like just to lose one pound today, we are not going to commission you to go out and run 35 miles, but you would be successful if you do that. But my goodness, especially for all of you who are thinking, well, I'm just getting into this. You're not really suggesting my first day should be 35 miles. And you are right. We are not suggesting that at all. So how is it possible if it requires us to run 35 miles in order to shed one pound that running and walking are so darn good for weight management and weight loss? So here's the trick. Metabolic rate. It is all about metabolic rate. Right now, D2 and I are sitting in the studio very comfortably on these plush chairs that D2 picked out for us when we put the studio together. But my guess is my metabolism, because I've run this morning and I've run four out of the last five days and I've run so many times over the course of the last now 25 years that my metabolic rate is burning at such an intensity that somebody who is just getting started today going out for their first mile or somebody who just started last week and now is bumping up to perhaps a mile and a half, I am burning at a faster rate than what that man or woman is just by sitting here in the studio. And the word that's going to keep coming back is the one that D2 introduced just mere moments ago, consistency. It matters. You get out there day in and day out, four or five times a week, week in and week out. You make this a lifestyle where it's not just in 2019, but it's already planned for 2020 and 2021 and many, many, many years after that. Now, all of a sudden, you're in your office. You're in the carpool lane. My goodness, you're stuck on the connector in traffic. You're someplace where there's not a lot of physical activity that you can engage in, and yet your metabolism is working on your behalf. And now, yes, that math 
does not change. It's still 35 miles to lose one pound, but because of the fact that you ran 35 miles over the course of the last two weeks, when you're sitting there, the metabolism burns those calories and helps you shed those pounds, even though you're not putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah, I mean, and and we talk about weight loss and weight management, and and I, I want to point out that that's not the end all be all because it's 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 body composition as well. There, you could be running consistently, you could be you know doing a lot of mileage, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to lose weight. Your body will change. You will put on muscle mass, and muscle does weigh more than than body fat. So don't think of you know the pounds as the end all be all of of, of measuring success um, it could be that if you're you know uh, doing some cross training that you're you know building up you know leg strength and 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 um, and you're if you're working on your core you're building up you know your core strength that's all muscle that's being built so um, you know I know that trainers will typically look at measuring um, you know, you know, arms and things like that to kind of help determine composition. Because if your arms are getting bigger and it's muscle, you know, same thing with your waist, it's going down, but the pounds may not necessarily be coming off. So think about those things. Don't let weight loss be the determining factor, whether you're succeeding or not. It's, it could also be just mentally. How do you feel? You know, are you feeling more energized? Do you have, you know, where you used to struggle throughout the day, you know, to make it through five o'clock or whatever. And now you feel more energy. Um, mentally, are you more alert? Um, all those things matter when it comes to exercise and, and running. So it's not all, uh, should, you, sh- you shouldn't measure your success of a weight loss program or a running type of program solely based on if you're losing weight. So true. Great reminder for us and for others, for those of you who are looking at this you know, as weight loss, D2, what he just said, so true. One of the things that will give you very tactically, if you're not already doing this, the first thing that you should consume as you get out of bed and before you get into your day is eight to 12 ounces at least of water. What it does is it also jumpstarts the metabolism without putting any calories inside your body. So yes, we want you to get to the fruit. Yes, we want you to get to that smoothie. Yes, we want you to get to that healthy breakfast or those farm fresh eggs from Charlie Creek Farm, doesn't matter. Get the water first, eight to 12 ounces, even for those of us on a weight management program like D2 and I are currently that eight to 12 ounces makes a difference. Just a tip or a tactic for you. D2, let's talk a little bit about sticking with it. We're going to get to an example of one of the things that I just think is so, so cool that you've done recently that is very much how we can stick with it because we are all in this together and we keep each other going. Some things I'll touch before we let you tell a story from a recent race that you did. There are things that everyone who is getting started should be aware of. In order to stick with it, the first thing is not just staying healthy, but it's staying safe. And we get that unless you're going to put yourself in a bubble, there are things that can happen. So here are the items that I'm going to link together. Be smart, be known, be seen. Be smart, be known, be seen. There is traffic. There are people on their cell phones. There is darkness. There are times of year when you're going to start in the dark or in the light and it's going to then become more light or become much darker. So things like reflectivity, illumination, wearing identification, things that pertain to runner safety, those matter. Be smart, be known, be seen. But the far more fun that comes with 
sticking with it, D2, is just being able to inspire others, to be inspired by others. We've talked about this on this podcast, but recently you took sticking with it to a new level. We had Kyle and Brent Pease as part of this podcast on two separate occasions, specifically episode 22 and episode 36. We talked about we should be out there being part of the fun that they have, and you, my friend, did just that. Yeah, so it was uh, after one of those episodes, and I think we talked about it. It's like, oh, man, it's like we need to do this. And so it's always been on the back of my mind. It's like I need to find an opportunity, uh, a time where I want to do this. And it was for Big Pete Sizzler where I said, okay, this is, this is I'm going to do it. I mean, it's been over a year since we've done those episodes, and I figured, you know, I'm like, I, I threw it out there, and no one's holding me accountable but I'm holding myself accountable because I said, I want to do this. And so I signed up and I found out, uh, you know, got confirmation, um, I think five or six days before the race that I would indeed be, you know, pushing and did not realize at the time that it would be actually Kyle Pease, you know, I mean, the foundation, the celebrity. I, yeah. I mean, he's, he's the mayor. He's it's his foundation. I mean, it's named after him. So I, I was obviously nervous because, you know, it's like, if I'm going to push for the first time. I was like, I don't want to push, you know, Kyle. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's, and not only that, I mean, he's got Brent who has pushed him and Brent's fast. I mean, he's, you know, and after reading some of those stories and, and, and hearing the stories that they've told, it's like, man, that's just, that's truly inspirational. So I had some big shoes to fill. Um, so I was a little bit nervous and I show up and, um, you know, they were fantastic. I mean, getting the chairs set up and I helped it where I could and the chairs themselves were, um, lighter than I expected. Um, so they've done a great job. And so we head out to the start line and, you know, Kyle is kind of reassuring me the whole time. He's giving me pointers. He's telling me when he, what he's going to call out and, you know, if he's going to call out bumps, he's telling me how to, you know, give me tips on how to turn. And, um, so the, you know, you know, the gun goes off and when we take off and it, uh, it, it, it was just, you know, I just can't explain it. I mean, it was really a great experience. Um, you know, it was, it was easier than I expected. I expected it to be very difficult uh, pushing a chair, um, and I expected you know my only goal was do not stop and walk. I want to run as much as I possibly can, and part of that was leading into this was the training that went into it. I really didn't know um, how to train for it, but I did do a lot of cross training. I did, um, you know, I did run on trails. I did run on hills. I because I, even though it's a flatter course. There are some hills there, and when you're pushing a chair, you've got some weight that you got to push up sure. to as well. So, um, lots of squats, lots of lunges, um, things like that. Working on the core, and um, it was really great to see other runners come by and just kind of like encourage you and just say, "Hey, great job, keep it up," you know. And I don't know where there was, and maybe this is truly the first time that I think I felt like a runner's high because I didn't feel any really discomfort. Um, running at all and I've run that race before and I've run it hard and I've helped had those points where I'm like I just want to quit you know because you're pushing yourself so hard and here I know I was pushing hard but I never had that you know like I want to quit I want to stop I just want to pull over on the side of the road and just you know take a breather 
I kept going and it was part of it is because it was Kyle, you know, the motivation, you know, because Kyle was there in the back of my mind. I was like, you know, it's like Brent's pushed, you know, and he's fast. I'm like, I got to keep, keep going, keep going. But it was the energy, the endorphins. It was, you know, all this, you know, stuff that was going on that just really kind of kept me going. And I just, I felt awesome. I still feel awesome. I'm still excited talking about it. And, you know, I would encourage anyone, you know, if you have the opportunity to, to do so, it will, it will feel awesome. So how is that, my friends, for sticking with it? And there are so many ways. We're just going to pull out a couple of things that D2 mentioned. Of course, he mentioned giving back and his ability to connect with the Kyle P's Foundation on that special morning, which of course was a race that gives back so generously to Miles for cystic fibrosis. So there are events. There's also interacting with others. He mentioned Brent, and even though he might have been a little bit intimidated based on Brent's speed and technical capabilities of pushing his brother, there's also the instruction that Brent has given both D2 and me in terms of how to push. There's also the instruction that we give to others, whether it has to do with metabolic rates or getting off the couch and getting someone started into a fitness routine. You ultimately graduate from being the student to feeling this sense of responsibility to being part of the administration, part of the ambassador that we all should be for the pedestrian active lifestyle. That helps us stick with it. Of course, there are those instances where somebody comes alongside us. Yes, maybe it's in a race, but maybe it's just in a neighborhood where you see a friendly face, you get the wave, you get the smile, and you're like, man, this just makes me feel so much better. We're going to talk about resources that Big Peach Running Company has at the end of this episode, but there are so many different things that are out there because we get This is not easy. It does not come easy. And even though it gets easier as we do it longer and are more consistent, there are those things that intend to put a roadblock and in front of our pedestrian active lifestyle or to trip us up as we go. And we have to avoid that if we truly are going to stick with it. Before we go to our next segment, I always love giving out this information. If you've not checked it out previously, do yourself a favor. The mission reads, the purpose of the Kyle Pease Foundation is to create awareness and raise funds to promote success for persons with disabilities by providing assistance to meet their individual needs through sports. They do such great work. KylePeasFoundation.org. We had a chance very recently in our Decatur store to sit down with Dr. Kate Mahivik Edwards and Dr. Blair Green. They took on a big task and we think about sticking with it. One of those things that I personally cannot relate to other than through observation, pregnancy. And they realized through their own pregnancies how little information was out there about that time that you are pregnant, about delivery, about postpartum and coming back from having your child and staying true to being a runner, being part of that pedestrian active lifestyle, going for a walk, connecting with your fitness routine and thought, my goodness, what a shame it would be for us not to take what we've learned, to not do the research and ultimately not to put it all together. You've heard D2 and I reference it. It was originally a Kickstarter project. It ultimately was a kick finisher because the book is now out very recently released. Go ahead, stop and pee running during pregnancy and postpartum. We had the opportunity to connect 
with these two doctors. I turned over the interviewing capabilities to our friend Fernando, who's our general manager in Decatur. He did a terrific job of hosting this interview. We're going to bring it to you unedited right after this brief message. Shopping for a runner can be difficult, but Big Peach gift cards make it a whole lot easier. They're perfect for birthdays, holidays, or any occasion to show you support a healthy and active lifestyle. Gift cards are also perfect for the workplace as an incentive, reward, or thank you for a job well done. Big Peach Running Company gift cards are available at all seven locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. We have been excited about this for quite some time. You've heard us talk about the book that we were looking forward to seeing in the market. It has happened at the end of August. Finally, the wait is over. Go ahead, stop and pee. Dr. Kate Mahivik Edwards and Dr. Blair Green have put this work, this generous work into the market for all of us now to be able to enjoy. And we have both of them here with us. We were in Decatur at the beginning of September where they were kind enough to join us. Our general manager over there, Fernando, many of you who know and already love, did an awesome job of hosting a question and answer and presenting this work to a number of our guests in that location. So I'm going to introduce both these fine doctors and Fernando right now. Ladies, thank you for joining us for this. Thank you so much. It is, for those of you who do not know, Kate's third time on the Run ATL podcast. She now goes to the top of our most distinguished featured conversation. And Fernando, thanks for being willing to do this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's quite possible that I'm going to be out of a hosting job after this because after you get a load of Fernando, the questions that he asks, the voice that he has, you may want more of him. But for the time being, I'm fully willing to admit he is more versed in the material, has read the book, and obviously did his work prior to having these ladies in his store. So Fernando, I'm going to turn it over to you, let you be the question asker. And of course, we've got the experts. It is your turn, my friend. So uh, uh, Kate and Blair, I, I, I thought there was so much of interest in this book. I was really excited, uh, like Mike said, to, to get a copy of it. Uh, one of the things that, that was uh, just made me think how someone that is wanting to uh, run during pregnancy and, and postpartum are going to be thinking, you know, what is this person going to tell me? But you guys can tell us a very personal story because you're both mothers, you're runners, and you have a lot of women that come to you wanting to do the same. Tell us about your own story when it comes to running through pregnancy. How hard was it? How great was it? Please let us know. Sure. So I ran the entire time I was pregnant. Um, and it started, well, I ran leading up to it, and I was actually training for a half Ironman at the time. And I found out that I was pregnant right at the beginning of my training. So of course I was pretty upset I didn't get to do the half Ironman, but I continued to train on my bike. And then when my balance got pretty bad, um, just running. And for me, running was a relief. And it was a relief because I was very sick. And every time I went out for a run, I felt better. So I actually, in the beginning of my pregnancy, ran a little bit more than I had been running, even though I was training for a half Ironman. Um, and I ended up doing several races and I really loved passing people with my shirt that said um, running for two with my big belly. Um, and people would be like, oh, she's running and she's pregnant and she just passed me. And that was so much fun. Um, but then I uh, did a half marathon and just continued to run um, after I had my baby. 
Um, after I had my baby, I actually ended up with a stress fracture because I started too soon and did too much. And I learned so much from that. I'm a physical therapist, as, as we've talked about, and I treat all runners and triathletes. And so I knew better and I still got injured. And because of that, I felt like this was a really important topic to bring to everybody and kind of give them the ins and outs. I didn't know what I was supposed to do because there was nothing out there. And so um, I actually saw Blair um, for my pelvic health afterwards, which I suggest to all my female athletes. And she and I worked together and we kind of figured out what it looked like to return to running after pregnancy. Blair. So, my story is a little bit different than Kate's. Um, I was probably the person running who got passed by the woman wearing, <laughs> wearing the running for two shirt. Um, but but regardless, I was you know prior to pregnancies and kids, I was a workout six seven days a week sort of person, mostly ten k runner, Peachtree Road Race and things like that. And um, running during pregnancy was very different for me. I actually felt horrible running through both of my pregnancies and so I did stop pretty early on both times I have two children two years apart um, but I think what was really neat for me was some of my greatest running accomplishments probably happened in the two years between my two kids because wow. that was I, I kind of used my pregnancy recovery as a chance to do something really neat I'm a, I'm a goal setter so I'm like I'm gonna run this race and then train for this race and so I set a goal to run a half marathon after my son was born, so a year after he was born, um, I did run, run my first marathon. It was wow. it was the Publix Half, which I think had a different name back then. It was the very first one they did I in Atlanta. That's yeah, right. yeah, that was that was my first one. So that was so that was a very different um, experience than Kate. But what was very similar was my experience as a physical therapist, and for me, as a pelvic health physical therapist. So what's really interesting about what I do for a living is I work primarily with women. Um, and especially with moms who have problems with things like incontinence and pelvic pain that happens either from pregnancy or postpartum or for a lot of other reasons. But this is what I focused my career on. And yet here I was, the mom who just had a baby and thought everything was going to be great going back to exercise after pregnancy. And it was nothing like I expected. So, I yeah. Think, I think the experience of having a baby really highlights what it's like to return to sport. I yeah. mean, before I had a baby, I was like, oh, you got this. And now having gone through that experience, I was surprised at how much longer it took me to return. Yes. Yeah. When, and and I, I noticed that that um, you mentioned that you went to see Blair yeah. for your <laughs> pelvic health. And, and you also mentioned it just now. Uh, in the book, you talk about the difference between men and women, which I was, when I was reading through, I was mm -hmm. like, hey, there's something about guys here. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I've kind of joked about it. It's like, you know, we're unnecessarily in this book because we have nothing to do with the pregnancy as it goes on through those, <laughs> through those months. But uh, tell us a little bit about that because I think there's a lot to this whole idea behind the pelvic floor, if I get that right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think one of the big misconceptions in general out there is that women have this thing called a pelvic floor that gets injured or gets damaged um, or something happens during pregnancy. Really what the pelvic floor is, it's a group of muscles and it sits on the bottom of our pelvis. So it kind of slings between your pubic bone and your tailbone and then kind of fans out um, to your sit bones. And it plays a role in a lot of things, urination, 
uh, defecation, sexual function, and then in support and stability of our spine and of our internal organs. So the pelvic floor muscles are not exclusive to women. So for all the men listening out there, you have a pelvic floor too. Um, we know for, for a variety of reasons, a lot of it is biomechanical, some of it is hormonal, and some of it is just the natural consequences of childbirth, that women are more susceptible to injuries in their pelvic floor, but that's not to say that men are immune from problems with their pelvic floor muscles. That's good. So, so as, as you say, men, you know, we need to listen, but you also talked about misconceptions, and there's a lot of uh, misconceptions out there about pregnancy, exercising, during the pregnancy and postpartum. You guys write great, uh, great stuff about all these beliefs that we have. Uh, can you tell, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because it seems like we tend to believe some things that might not be the case. Sure. Um, so I'll do one about pregnancy first, and okay. maybe just exercising. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so um, one of the myths is that we should not run or we should not exercise during pregnancy. And what we know is the exact opposite. And what has been put into the research is that you should exercise 30 minutes a day during pregnancy. And the intensity is that you can exercise as long as you can hold a conversation. So it's not about heart rate because heart rate is so variable between um, each person. It's really about how much can you talk during pregnancy, or I mean, excuse me, during exercise. And the other thing to know is that if you exercise during pregnancy, research has shown that there's a decreased risk of gestational diabetes, there's a decreased risk of preeclampsia, there's improved birth process and recovery process afterwards. So we know that pregnancy is good, or exercise is good for the pregnant mother and the child. So another big misconception or myth of what happens during pregnancy and probably more so during the postpartum period is mm -hmm. this idea that once you become pregnant and once you have a child that you're just destined to a life of leaking urine whether it's with any kind of activity or rest, yeah. but especially with running so you know a lot of we hear a lot of complaints from women well i had a baby so this is just normal well it, it's very it's very very common but incontinence is sort of the technical term for leaking it's never normal so we can actually do a lot through physical therapy um, through exercise to help women improve their pelvic floor muscle strength and function and then what happens as a result of all of that is they get to run without leaking urine and i also think i'd like to just mention yeah. quickly if you having that issue it leads to other things other orthopedic issues like hip pain back pain uh, lower extremity injuries and that could be the first year of postpartum or it could be 10 years postpartum so taking care of the pelvic floor and making sure that you have some kind of checkup after you have a baby actually could help you and decrease your risk for injury of many many things down the road and keep you running longer awesome and so we say at the run atl podcast in terms of the pillars that are so important to both inform and to inspire and certainly the work that you guys have done the information that you're putting out there does both that. And in just 10 minutes and a couple of questions, I think everybody in our audience can tell you guys not only know this topic so well, you care so much about it. And I think that it's really easy as authors, Kate, you've been down this road before, writing books in its own isn't really a great business endeavor. <laughs> no. Most books these days are because you just have information 
and you have a desire to get that information out so it can be helpful to others. And I truly believe from now thumbing through this book for the first time, from hearing uh, the questions Fernando asked earlier, this is really a labor, pun to some degree intended, <laughs> of love for you. So as a final question, what do you hope is accomplished or what did you want to achieve and now have the ability to achieve since the book is in the market through what we can now say is go ahead and stop and pee? Um, I think for me, I want people to be active. I want people to know it's okay to be active during pregnancy and postpartum. I want them to know that postpartum doesn't end three months after you've had a baby and be okay with that. Postpartum is forever. Your body is never the same after you have a baby. That's not to say it's worse. It could actually be better. You just have to have the information um, at your so that you can continue to do what you love. Awesome. Blair, would you add anything to that? Yeah, so for me, um, in addition to everything Kate said, I think the big thing I want to get out there to everyone is that there are people out here who can help you. Oh, yeah. So there's, <laughs> and now there's, there's information. There's Finally, there's information. There's a population of physical therapists. Yeah, yes. and, and that was really our motivation for writing this book was we, you know, like we said, we're the PTs. We have the knowledge, and we still felt like we needed more. And, you know, by putting this book out there, we're hoping that we can educate more women about what they can do for themselves and mm -hmm. how and where they can go get help. It, what they're doing for themselves isn't enough. Well, this is an enthusiastic endorsement from Big Peach Running Company and the Run ATL podcast for sure. 250 plus pages that can be consumed in its entirety or I believe used as a reference manual. What Fernando and I have learned is this information is both usable and incredibly shareable. There is so much that is in here. It is our belief that you guys are doing good work. Kate, I still remember when this was just a Kickstarter project. I know. You guys now have this across the finish line. What we're going to do is we're going to give a copy away. We'll make this super simple, especially for you long-term listeners. Kate has joined us episode 30 and episode 17. Go back and listen to those episodes. Certainly, you will benefit from them. Send us the name of Kate's other book that we've talked about, and we'll draw from all of those correct answers the name that we draw. We'll get a complimentary copy of Go Ahead, Stop, and Pee, Running, during pregnancy and postpartum. Fernando, thank you for doing the hosting duties. Awesome, awesome work. I know on vacation now who to turn to. In the meantime, we're going to go back to the studio. And back in the studio, we are D2. Very, very cool. Fernando may run me out of a job, but if he gets interviews like what he did there with Dr. Edwards, Dr. Green, then he deserves the position for sure. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it's. I think it's a, a great, uh, you know, book. And you know, obviously, I'm not qualified to talk about it. I don't know much about pregnancy, but still, I think it's a great reference for uh, for our listeners, for uh, for women that are looking at at becoming pregnant and maintaining, you know, an active lifestyle, or for those that have become pregnant who have maybe haven't found a way to maintain that lifestyle. 
Sure. Well, in being there, they are true experts. Listening to the talk that they did that evening was really, really cool. For me, my kids are well past when we would have been in that postpartum phase. And at the same time, man, I wish that information would have existed. It would have been a treasure trove for me to take home to my wife and just say, man, check this out. So very, very cool. Again, congratulations to those two fine docs for the fine work that they've now put out into the market for our benefit. D2, as we come down the home stretch, one of the things that we mentioned, rightfully so, when we talked about sticking with it, we have plenty of resources. You are always the man in the know, the person in our organization that seems to have the deepest amount of knowledge of what's going on. What do you think we have that is potentially worth sharing so people do indeed stick with it? Well, the, you know, we've got some great programs and, and, you know, we'll start off first with, uh, right now, because we're going the fall season and, you know, people think about long distance and half marathon marathons. We have, uh, training programs that are for free at our Kennesaw and our Midtown locations. So if you're looking for accountability, if you're looking for, uh, an actual, uh, training type of plan, if you're looking to run with other people, if you're looking for a different environment to kind of get you back in a running, that is a great way to, do so by visiting either a Kennesaw or Midtown location uh, Saturday mornings. This will continue, uh, I think, all the way through the end of the year, or at least through uh, end of November. You know, our Marietta store has uh, a, a session right now that's going on every Wednesday night uh, through the month of September, which is called How to Hate Running Less. So it's a very uh, hands-on, um, you know, class with and and clinic on how to you know run and run more efficiently run uh you know more injury free and it's you know just a fun little little class to, to kind of get into um learning a little bit more about uh enjoying running without the pressures of you know of of just you know of just being around other people that might be faster than you and just the intimidation factor. So it's a great environment. Um, and of course, our Alpharetta cl- uh, store is off- also offers our Transform Running Fundamentals, which is free. Um, that's every Wednesday night uh, as well at uh, 6.30. And, um, you know, our Mar- Marietta stores also has a, a physical therapist. So if you have in- issues that you want to talk to a physical therapist, that is also on uh, it's 6.30 on uh, September 19th. So there's a lot of things going on. Midtown's got a, you know, if you're interested in running the Atlanta, uh, the PNC Atlanta 10-miler course, they've got a preview run where they'll run the course. So that way they're kind of like, you'll know the hills, you know, and the course beforehand. Um, and that's part of their half marathon training program as well. So great way to go out there and run with a group and, and preview the course. Um, if you're looking at trails, we got the Cochrane Mill um Preview that's also happening. That's on September twenty uh, second, eight thirty a.m. Um, you know, if you're first, you know, time trail runner or just want to experience it, you know, it's a no drop. All paces welcome. I typically will, um, you know, bring up and and sweep the course and and run. Uh, so make sure that no one gets lost or dropped behind. So feel free to come out. I'll be out there. It's uh, a great event. Um, so. Uh, coming out and I mean it's just so much stuff that's going on we've got lots of resources so you know check out our events pages on our website we'll have the link on our uh, you know show notes but I mean this is just great opportunity for people you know to kind of get involved to meet other runners to experience new things and to really help them stick with it stick with it indeed thank you very much for sharing that obviously you are always the one we can count on 
for those tips, tricks, tidbits to stick with it. We are going to also promise this, that part of sticking with it will be coming back in just two weeks for another episode of the Run ATL podcast. But we will bid you adieu for now. D2, again, thanks to you. Thanks again to Dr. Kate Edwards and Dr. Blair Green. Don't forget to send us your answer so we can give you your copy of Go Ahead, Stop, and Pee as a preview. The next episode, we will have Golden Harper here. He is the founder, the person who invented the Ultra shoes that now are a full portfolio. He's got a great story. We're going to share it with you. But in the meantime, not only will we give you our traditional reminder, we will also say that all together now, we need to get started. We need to stay strong. We need as a community to stick with it. So we must, as we always say and certainly mean, have our best miles be those covered on foot. Hey, y'all, if you enjoy our podcast, let us know. If you have topic suggestions, questions, or guests you'd like to hear on the Run ATL podcast, email us at podcast at bigpeachrunningcode.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube.